everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular's single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. On the border of North Korea and China is a lake. It's nestled within a caldera at the center of a dormant volcano surrounded by 16 jagged mountain peaks. The cliffs are dark and steep, pocked with moss and caps of shimmering ice and snow. They tumble into deep blue water, glassy and still. This is Heaven Lake on Mount Pektu, the highest point in North Korea. For Koreans, both North and South, this is a special place, the special place. According to ancient folklore, this is where the Korean people originated. More than 4,000 years ago, the mythological god king Tangun descended from heaven and was born right here. He'd become the first ruler of Korea. Over centuries, empires rose and fell. The Puyo Kingdom, the Koguryo Powers, the Joseon Dynasty. Ruling families came and went, but one thing bound them all. They never stopped revering the mountain as their spiritual home. Like Tangun before them, these families justified their power by declaring themselves sons of heaven as descendants of Mount Pictou. And the story of Tangun? It's not the only legend associated with this sacred place. In fact, there are two other stories that every student in North Korea by age five must know by heart. The first is the story of a young Kim Il-sung, a scrappy guerrilla fighter who risked life and limb to fend off Japanese invaders, waging fearless battle on the slopes of the Great Mountain. The second is the story of his son, Kim Jong-il, 
who they say was born by Heaven Lake in a small wooden cabin. Upon his birth, a single bright star appeared in the twilight, a double rainbow magically streaming across the mountaintops. Like Tangun and the pedigree of emperors before them, both Kims would use these stories to claim a mandate from heaven a spiritual calling to become the father figures of the Korean people because coursing through their veins was the stuff of legends, the fabled blood of Mount Pictou. I guess you could say that Mount Pictou is to North Korea what the bald eagle is to the United States. It's a national symbol. Emblazoned on the country's emblem, its name plastered on everything from power plants to torpedoes. But that doesn't even do it justice. It's magical, mythical. Today, the mountain's lore, the notion that this place spawned a pure bloodline of leaders, is the glue that holds the Kim personality cult together. And it's the reason Kim Jong-nam's assassination was so shocking, so galling. Because according to centuries of myth and tradition, Kim Jong-nam's blood was more than just royal. It was divine. And he was first in line to the throne. I'm Eden Lee. In this episode... Inside the myths and machinations that reveal the Kim family to be not divine rulers, but ruthless infighters. A family that competes not just for glory and power, but also for survival. It's pretty obscene the way uh, Kim Jong-nam was raised. They were like brother and sister. They were each other's only friends. I can just paraphrase what he said, which was, my father replaced me with his new family. And that was pretty devastating. This is Big Brother. The assassination of Kim Jong-nam may have happened in 2017, but the circumstances that led to his death were decades in the making. And it all started, as so many epic tales do, with a love story and the collision of two warring families vying for the same affection. It was the 1960s, and Kim Jong-il was just a 20-something, making propaganda for his father's political party, the Workers' Party of Korea. And Kim Jong-il was a master of his trade. The propaganda was uh, just brilliant. That's Bradley Martin, a newspaper journalist. I've worked for Newsweek, The Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg News. And the author of the book, Under the Loving Care of the Fatherly Leader. He's reported on the Kim dynasty for decades. One of the greatest of the propagandists was uh, Kim Jong-il. He was a super producer, uh, and he really knew what he was doing with propaganda. As a propagandist, Kim Jong-il was the head of North Korea's motion picture division, making films that enhanced the regime's messaging and bolstered his father's personality cult. To say Kim Jong-il enjoyed making movies is an understatement. The man was obsessed with cinema, action, romance, 
horror. You name it, Kim Jong-il devoured it. He was a devoted fan of everything from James Bond to Bend It Like Beckham. He reportedly owned more than 30,000 movie titles in his personal theater, including a substantial stash of very illegal pornography. Chongyeol loved films so much that in the 1970s, he abducted one of South Korea's most famous directors. A team of henchmen secretly crossed the border, tailed the director, threw a bag over his head, and transported him to a work camp in the north where he lived on a diet of rice and grass. Kim forced the movie maker to direct films for the regime, including a comically cheesy ripoff of Godzilla called Pulgasari. And this love of cinema would shape Kim Jong-il's romantic life, too. In the late 1960s, Jong-il was walking through a film studio when he bumped into an actress named Song Hae-rim. The princeling was immediately starstruck. Song Hae-rim was North Korea's biggest movie star, a 31-year-old bombshell. She was born in the South but had moved North as a child. As an actress, she had multiple lead roles to her credit and even attended international film festivals. For a movie buff like Kim Jong-il, it was like meeting Marilyn Monroe in her prime. It was love at first sight. Song Hae-rim was married with children, but for a member of the Pictou bloodline, that was no obstacle. Chung-yo forced the actress to divorce and sent her ex-husband out of country to, quote, work. The two never married, but they did start a relationship. And in 1971, the couple had a child, a baby boy. Kim Jong-il could hardly contain the news. In his book, Bradley Martin writes that Kim was so excited by the arrival of his son that he, quote, honked his car horn to awaken everyone in the hospital. But there was one person he refused to tell. His father, the supreme leader, Kim Il-sung. North Korea was, and remains, a very socially conservative society. Kim Il-sung preached conventional family values. Extramarital affairs were illegal. Divorce was frowned upon. And having a child out of wedlock... It was inadmissible. And Kim Jong-il, he had flirted with all three. He knew his father would never accept his decision to pair off with the actress, especially a divorcee born in South Korea. But Kim Jong-il was a virtuoso of propaganda. He had a talent for hiding inconvenient information. So he successfully kept the relationship and the existence of his own son, from his father, for four years. But even the greatest propagandist can stumble. The secret eventually leaked. And when Kim Il-sung learned about his son's love child, he was furious. That is, until he met the little boy. According to one telling, when Kim Il-sung saw his grandson for the first time, his eyes flooded with tears. 
This, after all, was his first male grandchild. Pektu blood was coursing through his veins. And when he picked up the child and held him in his arms, he felt like he was holding the future of the nation. So, Kim Il-sung gave his grandson a name, Kim Jong-nam. In Korean, it means loyal man. Now, with his father's blessing, Kim Jong-il felt free to shower his newborn son with affection, pampering and spoiling him. Kim Jong-il was a really doting father. That, again, is Anna Fifield, journalist and author of The Great Successor. He was out there during the day, doing his day job being a tyrant, but he loved coming home to the palatial compound there and playing with Kim Jong-nam. The two seemed inseparable. Father and son shared the same bed, a common practice in traditional Korean society, for eight years. Each night, Kim Jong-il gently rocked and cradled his son to sleep. When Kim Jong-nam was a toddler, his father began spoiling him with every gift a child could dream of, and then some. He had this massive playhouse filled with toys. He had, you know, Lego brought in from Denmark and like top of the range toys brought from everywhere. He had mangoes imported. He had clothes brought from the UK. You know, anything he could ever desire and, you know, well beyond his wild imagination, he had. He had a little a little golf buggy that he could zoom around in, his own zoo with a real bear in it. Um, he lived this ridiculous, pampered life. Kim Jong-nam and his mother's extended family lived in their own walled-off compound in Pyongyang, an opulent palace called Residence Number no. 15. They had a hundred servants, 500 bodyguards, and eight cooks. Anything the child demanded was his. His father made sure of it. According to Bradley Martin, Kim Jong-il assigned a special unit of bureaucrats to travel the globe to purchase gifts for his son's birthdays, buying him everything from video games to diamond wristwatches. You can have anything. You want a revolver? Here's a revolver. You know, you want an automobile? Here's a, here's a little automobile you can drive around. You want bars of gold? Here, have some bars of gold. It's pretty obscene the way uh, Kim Jong-nam was raised. But there was one thing the young Kim Jong-nam couldn't have, and that was friends. Because although Kim Jong-nam might not have been a dirty secret around his grandfather anymore, his existence was still shielded from the public as well as from most government officials. The princeling was confined to his palace, forbidden to trek beyond its walls to see how regular people lived. His playmates consisted of two adults, a painter and a film technician, who had been appointed to be his official friends. For years, Kim Jong-nam wouldn't know a single soul his own age, he would have to make do with his father's love, plus the occasional bar of gold. Family life was strained elsewhere, too, because the deep love Kim Jong-il felt for his son, it didn't translate to the boy's mother, 
the honeymoon phase was long over, and their relationship had all but collapsed. The former actress was deeply unhappy. She missed the stage, the adrenaline-fueled glow of a film set. She wanted to play movie roles, not the role of a subservient housekeeper. And despite living in the lap of luxury, she was tired of being treated as a dirty secret. Here again is the founder of North Korea Watch, Michael Madden, whose audio, will remind you, was distorted, hence the voiceover. Even though, you live- Even though you live in these beautiful villas with swimming pools and the best food and access to television, you're essentially under a glorified house arrest. And Kim Jong-il didn't have patience for any of the woman's feelings. His love for her faded. Years earlier, Kim had once called her his yoba, or wife. But now, he had downgraded her title to, quote, the mother of my son. The relationship grew hostile. And as Kim Jong-il became more and more distant, her mental health began to spiral. Living in the house, Living in the house of Kim Jong-il was a very stressful experience. Kim Jong-il was a fairly moody guy, and he was the most powerful man in the country. So living around him was basically an exercise in walking on eggshells. And then Kim Jong-il decided he had had enough. It was time to kick the woman out of his life for good. But their son, he decided, would stay with him. Song Hye-rim panicked at the news. She scooped Kim Jong-nam into her arms and sprinted for the palace doors, desperate to make an escape. She didn't get far before the guards stopped her. Shortly after, she was sent to Moscow for, quote, medical treatment. Aside from a few failed attempts to return home, she'd spend the remainder of her life in Russia, mired in depression, Meanwhile, at residence number 15, a young Kim Jong-nam went back to being treated as a state secret. He was friendless, and now motherless. And soon, he would begin to feel fatherless, too. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. 
Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. We want to step back for a moment and take a detour. To many of us, North Korea can seem, well, a little bit crazy. It's this small, bellicose country with nuclear weapons, led by a man with funny hair and comically bad propaganda. The leaders seem psychotic. They run gulags, but at the same time, will hack a company's servers because of a Seth Rogen film. The state media announces menacing missile launches while almost in the same breath, claiming that they just discovered a unicorn lair in a cave. It can be hard to take North Korea seriously. But over the course of reporting this podcast, almost every expert we spoke to kept making the same point, that North Korea is, in fact, not irrational. And it's definitely not unpredictable. A lot of the mainstream media's obsession with North Korea now borders on caricatures and the eccentric. But really, North Korea is a deeply serious and uh, rational country. When you look at it as a sovereign country with its own strategic interests, a lot of the moves that it makes make a lot of sense. North Korea is not only not crazy, but very careful, methodical in the way North Korea just tries to paint its adversaries into a corner. The point is, to understand the death of Kim Jong-nam, you need to understand what drives North Korea. And most of us, well, we don't understand. But it's possible to make sense of it. Take, for instance, the Kim personality cult. It's not the only country with a personality cult, but it is one of the most effective. And the reason has a lot to do with Confucianism. Confucianism is deeply embedded in North Korean society. That's Dr. Sung Yoon Lee, a professor at Tufts University. He's an expert on North Korea-U.S. relations, as well as history. Confucianism has been the most prominent ideology in Korean history since about the year 1400 AD. Confucius never stepped foot on the Korean peninsula, but his life's work saturates the region's value system, both North and South. Take North Korea's propaganda, for example. 
The films cooked up by Kim Jong-il in the 1960s painted the supreme leader as universally benevolent, even omniscient. The leader's talents know no bounds. Kim Jong-il, after all, supposedly wrote six operas and could hit 18 holes in one. It's ridiculous. But the strategy makes some sense in the context of Confucianism. Confucius experienced deep instability during his lifetime, and he dreamed of bringing peace to the bloodshed around him. He preached strategies that he believed could coax order from the chaos. One solution was virtue. In Confucian society, a leader rules not by force, but by virtue. And the Kim family knows this. So they push a narrative, one that constantly reminds the populace over and over and over how dear, how great, how benevolent, how kind, and how caring their leader is. This desire to appear virtuous, mixed with the Pektu myth of divine rule, creates a noxious ideology that basically treats the Kims as gods. And if they're to be worshipped like gods, then they must have the virtues and abilities of gods. As a result... North Korea has out-Stalinized Stalin. North Korea's cult of personality puts the cult of Chairman Mao in China or Stalin in the former Soviet Union to shame. And that's why Kim Jong-il had to keep his private life a secret. If news ever spread to the common people about his illicit relationship with an actress or his love child, it could soil this carefully calibrated image. It could be especially dangerous if this knowledge ever fell into the hands of a competitor or some military figure who wanted to stage a coup. This information could be used against him to puncture that godlike persona. Because the other element of Confucianism revolves around hierarchy. What are the common characteristics of Confucianism? Respect for communal values, respect for society, respect for authority, respect for the nation, putting the family above the individual, the society above the family and the state above all. Confucius believed in a society built upon strong hierarchies with strict obedience to authorities. This, he said, could foster stability. And the system has a proven track record. According to Dr. Lee, Korea's ancient dynasties flourished because of this dogmatic loyalty to superiors and a willingness to put society before the self. Confucian societies are more cohesive to when it comes to national calamities, war, the pandemic. Uh, people are more prone to sacrificing their individual privacy and their individual rights for the sake of the greater good of society. This respect for hierarchy is the reason young people, both North and South, are expected to show constant obedience to their parents, to teachers, and to government officials. There are three bonds, so-called, in Confucianism. First, the bureaucrat, the official, submits himself to the king. And then the gross gender inequality, women, the wife, submits herself to the husband, and later, 
even to her own son. And then filial piety, the son submits to the father. But it's filial piety, submission, and loyalty to your father's reputation that really drives the culture. And in North Korea, everybody has the same symbolic father, the man with Pektu blood, Kim Il-sung. This is no mistake. This is a brilliant strategy. The Kims have used propaganda to hijack traditional Confucian values and seize upon the national myth of the Pektu bloodline to serve their own interests and to feed their own power. It was a way for Kim Il-sung to essentially guarantee that he was going to be front and center of the North Korean system. That, you may remember, is Dr. Benjamin Young, a historian at Virginia Commonwealth University. There was actually a slogan in uh, North Korea during the Cold War era that literally said, Korea is Kim Il-sung, Kim Il-sung is Korea. The Kim family personality cult is ubiquitous within North Korea, from slogans and posters to school children learning poems about the greatness of Kim Il-sung. You really can't escape it. It is central to the North Korean uh, way of life. And there is nothing to rival or challenge that messaging. In fact, the government is the only source of information. This persistent barrage of propaganda has a way of bending and breaking people's minds into submission. So the people of North Korea believe these stories, whether through real devotion or fear of what might happen if they don't. It helps breed political loyalty and simultaneously quashes any grassroots opposition. And total fidelity to the image of one man, one family, has the power to turn normal people into monsters. Look no further than Kim Jong-il. In the 1970s, when Kim Jong-nam was just a little boy, his father was preparing to become the nation's next ruler. He was the chosen son of heaven, a Pektu heir, and he had an image to maintain a godlike image. And that's probably why he sent the mother of his firstborn son to Moscow. If she stayed in North Korea, it was guaranteed that gossip about their relationship would reach the public. So he exiled her, banishing her to a foreign mental facility. And in the process, his cruelty affected his son. He deprived Kim Jong-nam of a mother. In fact, Kim Jong-il would go to extreme lengths to ensure that the boy and his mother would remain a state secret. We know this because, at the time, a group of young North Korean students were living in Moscow. One day, a student somehow learned about Kim Jong-il's mentally distressed mistress. Word spread that she lived nearby somewhere in the Soviet Union. The gossip spread all the way back to Pyongyang, and Kim Jong-il was horrified. In an effort to shut down the rumor mill, he sent a security team to Russia. Kim's communist goons arrived in Moscow, rounded up all the university students, and interrogated them. Anybody who acknowledged knowing anything about the ex-mistress or her whereabouts 
or her child was immediately executed. Turns out, Kim Jong-nam was a secret worth killing for. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. For most of his childhood, Kim Jong-nam was functionally locked in a palace, cut off from the outside world. The boy passed his time in captivity by reading books, drawing pictures, and naturally, watching movies. And his father continued to spoil him. One time, when the little prince had a toothache, Kim Jong-il convinced him to go to the dentist by gifting him a Cadillac. When he turned eight, his father threw him a birthday party where, instead of toys, he was given a military uniform and the rank of marshal. In a nod to his future rank, palace workers began referring to the boy as Little Comrade General. Later that night, a fireworks display spelled out the words, Happy Birthday, Comrade General, in the sky. Nothing was too much to ask for. On one occasion, when the young child requested that his father hire his favorite South Korean comedian, the regime seriously considered abducting the funny man. But this was a hassle. Instead, Kim Jong-il sent scouts to find a lookalike. They returned with a farmer, who they trained to do stand-up comedy. But Kim Jong-il knew that his firstborn son was still lonely. 
a palace of endless toys and cars and jewels, was not the same as having a mother or a friend his own age. So when Kim Jong-nam was eight, his father brought a little girl home to be his friend. It was his 13-year-old cousin, Yi Namok. The two hit it off immediately. Kim Jong-nam and Ri Nam-ok were very, very close growing up. They were like brother and sister. They were each other's only friends. Together, the duo would binge movies and shoot pellet guns and putter between the palace walls on golf carts. Sometimes they convinced the palace chauffeurs to drive them around the streets of Pyongyang. They were never allowed out of the vehicle. The girl would become his playmate and his closest confidant. She basically kind of gave up her whole life to be his friend, to be his sidekick. His father also invited Kim Jong-nam's grandmother and aunt to move into residence number 15 to provide a needed maternal presence. The women were like governesses. They schooled him in everything from Russian to mathematics. By the time he was nine, Kim Jong-nam was growing into an artistic and curious young child, a sensitive yet optimistic boy who loved books and jokes and the latest technology. And his feelings of filial piety ran deep. The boy worshipped his father. As his playmate Inamok later recounted, He was totally submissive to his father and, and never criticized what Kim Jong-il decided for him. Kim Jong-il poured his very deep love into his son in childhood, so I don't think the child felt lonely. His mother's absence was covered up by his father's presence. But it wouldn't last. As Kim Jong-nam grew older, his father's love grew colder. He stopped tucking the young boy into bed. He no longer dispatched teams to buy him every imaginable gift. He started to join the family in residence number 15 for supper less and less often only appearing three times a week. The reason? Kim Jong-il had what were called secret parties or secret banquets. And those became places where many decisions were made, whether it was about policy or personnel. And everybody was required to sing and everybody was required to have a lot to drink. One night, Kim Jong-il invited a local art troupe to one of these parties. The Mansude Art Troupe, which is a prestigious performing arts group in North Korea. And he was immediately smitten by the group's star dancer. She's on the cover of record albums that they would put out and traveled around Japan. So Kim Jong-il invited the dance troupe back again and again, just to watch the same woman perform. After each performance, he invited her to sit beside him. Sometimes he'd even go to their rehearsals to watch her practice. Her name was Ko Yong-hee. And sometime around 1981, she began missing dance practice. Rumors swirled among the dancers that she was pregnant. And soon, she was living in the royal palace with Kim Jong-il. Ko Young-hui is the third or fourth wife of Kim Jong-il. And by wife, these people were never uh, officially married. These are more like royal consorts. These are women that Kim Jong-il established households with. Like Kim Jong-il's previous relationship, 
this one was also a little scandalous. In North Korea's caste system, this new woman was the lowest of the low. Her father had worked for the Japanese army, North Korea's sworn enemy. But none of this mattered to Kim Jong-il. He loved her, and she was carrying a baby, a boy, what would be his second son. So he gave her her own home. And Jong-il started an entirely new household, one that lived completely separated from Kim Jong-nam's wing of the family. And with that, an unspoken feud flared between the two branches of Kim's, one that would go on for decades to come. But for the young Kim Jong-nam, it was his father's divided attention that took the biggest toll. He saw less of Kim Jong-il and grew closer with his aunts and uncles. He started feeling increasingly alienated from his father. So Kim Jong-nam's minders made a decision. It was time to give the boy a new environment. He couldn't live as a secret anymore. He had to see the world. The family of Kim Jong-nam. The family of Kim Jong-nam convinced Kim Jong-il that Kim Jong-nam needs to get a proper education in a school setting. He can't do it in North Korea because you have to keep the leader standard secret. So they convinced Kim Jong-il that Kim Jong-nam should study abroad. And the first stop is Switzerland. This decision, however, would do nothing to improve Kim Jong-nam's relationship with his father. In fact, Jong-nam would feel even more forgotten, neglected. He was motherless. He had one childhood friend to his name. And now... He was living thousands of miles away from home. And for the first time in his life, the firstborn heir to the Pektu dynasty began to feel something. Something he had been taught to suppress all his life. Resentment for his father. I can just paraphrase what he said, which was that when I left for Switzerland, my father replaced me with his new family. And that was pretty devastating. Little did Kim Jong-nam know, but that's exactly what his father's new mistress wanted. Because in 1984, she gave birth to another boy. His name was Kim Jong-un. And even though these boys were still too young to even comprehend running a country, Ko Young-hee knew that Kim Jong-nam stood in the way of her children's path to the throne. And she would do anything to clear it. Next time on Big Brother, we dive deeper into how manipulative mothers drove two young boys to scramble for their father's affection, leading to a ruthless race to become North Korea's successor. Big Brother is a production of School of Humans and iHeartRadio and hosted by me, Eden Lee. Lucas Riley is our writer, co-director, and associate producer. Amelia Brock is our senior producer, co-director, and editor. Executive producers are Virginia Prescott, Brandon Barr, Elsie Crowley, and Jason English. Our fact checker is Aaron Blakemore. Music composed by Jason Todd Shannon and Toon Wilders. Original score mix by Vic Stafford. Our opening song is Adirang Fantasy, arranged by Choi Sung-hwan, 
as performed by the New York Philharmonic, licensed from EuroArts Music International. Audio editing by Jesse Nyswanger. Sound design and mix by Harper W. Harris. Audio correction by Josh Fisher. Voice acting by Mike Coscarelli, June Yoon, and Sage Kim Gray. Special thanks to Ryan Murdoch and Will Pearson. Sound license from Critical Past. If you're enjoying the podcast, help us get the word out by leaving a rating in your favorite podcast app. Until next time, I'm Eden Lee. School of Humans. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.